Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. I'm his brother-in-law, Jim. So I'm married to Agnes, which is uh, Chris's sister. And Chris would have moved to Wexford in 2016 to start a new life, um, to better himself. He was in search of new opportunities because things weren't really working out for him in his home country of Poland. And he moved here in 2016 and he started working. And he is probably the hardest worker I know. He's the most kind-hearted, most gentle person I've probably ever met in my life. And he has worked hard and supported himself for the last five years that he's been here. So for this dreadful assault to happen to him a couple of nights ago has just been a a dreadful experience, a horrendous experience for us all. Now, it was a totally unprovoked attack. Tell me the the circumstances and and where. So Chris was leaving work on Wednesday evening um, from the Drover Foods factory on White Mill Industrial Estate here in Wexford. At around what time? Around about 11.30 he left work. So he would have walked down the industrial estate through the various housing estates such as Lee Mellows and Kennedy Park and that kind of stuff. And he ended up going through Knock Lane, which as people from Wexford Town will know, it's a, it's a kind of a lane that connects St. Aidan's with Bishop's Water. It's not the kind of place that you'd frequent very often. And I don't think Chris was quite aware of the dangers of this place because although he's here five years, he's he wouldn't be very au fait and very very familiar with the with every single route and the dangers that they that they that are there i didn't know myself and my wife we didn't know he was taking this route if we'd have known we'd have encouraged him to stick to the more well-lit roads but anyway he ended up on knock lane as a kind of a shortcut to get down to the distillery road and he was completely jumped on by two individuals his first memory of the incident was a, a kick in the back and all of a sudden, Chris fell to the ground then, and the two individuals, Chris said it was two males either side of him, started pounding him with kicks and punches. And the words that Chris heard being used was, go back to your own country, you foreign bee, um, you bloody foreigners coming over here, taking our jobs. This, this, kind of, this is the kind of stuff that he remembered. He got kicks... Um, to the shoulder, he has a huge bruise on his on his right shoulder, a massive bruise. He has bruises all over his abdomen area and on his back, and he has a, a black eye now as well. That's that looks awful, like it's it's swelled up quite bad in the in the days following that incident. So the assailants Chris, the assailants fled the scene. Yeah, that's what Chris says. That that this he would have left work at eleven thirty. This probably happened at around about ten to or five to midnight. Once this happened. The assailants fled the scene because Chris can remember or vaguely remembers uh, staggering up. He thinks he might have been unconscious for approximately half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, because he, he checked his phone and it was around about one o'clock when he, when he got home. So, so by subtracting the numbers, he thinks he was out for that long. He still had his phone. He still had his wallet. They didn't take any possessions. It just seems that this was an unprovoked racist attack. Now, I don't know if, if something happened before that. Chris said there was, no, there was no communication with these two individuals before that. I don't know, maybe, maybe Chris is not remembering or maybe something happened in the weeks beforehand. I honestly don't know because I, I found the, find the whole thing very, very peculiar and very, very shocking. But, but, he, but, question, he, but he believes he didn't know them. Yes, yeah, he believes he, did, he didn't know them. 
the voices didn't sound familiar from what he heard anyway. Did he, did he, he mention anything about them. accents? No, just that there were your standards say Irish accents. He didn't. He didn't think that there were there was a, a you know, like a, an Eastern European okay. or a Central European accent. He's pretty sure that there were that there were Irish accents anyway. So he managed to pull himself up anyway, and he, he made he made his way to more safe a more safe environment. Yeah, yeah, because he, he's living in a temporary place with his mother down in the Distillery Road, so that that wasn't that far away. That that was the reason he was going that route was because it was a shortcut. Uh, he eventually managed to stagger up. Uh, quite disorientated, I'd say, and he managed to make his way down to the apartment on the distillery road then in an awful state, and he went to sleep. And we only found out about this then the next day. And he never even wanted to go to the guards because he was saying, sure, what's the point? The guards are not going to do anything. I convinced him, you have to go to the guards, Chris. This this type of thing cannot be tolerated in a civilised society. And, I sa- and he was still... Um, determined not to go but I, I, what changed his mind then was that I said to him well think of other people think of if there was a young young boy or a young girl walking there at night and they suffered the same fate as you you could have done something about this by reporting this or maybe bringing it uh, to light more and because of his good nature and his kind heart I think that was what eventually convinced him to go to the guards but he, he was he was not going to and I, and I think that's a reflection of maybe the, maybe the lack of faith or the lack of it's a reflection how many problems. how many people might react unfortunately exactly unfortunately. which is which brings me on to the next point Jim about how this kind of racist attack that goes on in Ireland doesn't just happen in England or, or in America it happens right here in the sunny southeast we we all love I'm a very proud Wexford man I'm originally from Inniscorty. Uh you know we we all love Wexford you know Wexford strawberries the hurling team all that kind of stuff but let's not be fooled here there's a lot of low level racism that goes on. And it sometimes, on occasion, can explode like this. And just because it's not reported doesn't mean it's not happening. It's like if you're driving at a junction. Just because you can't see a car coming doesn't mean the car isn't there. It could well be there. It's just concealed by the bushes or by by the other obstructions that are there. We like to think that we live in this, you know, wonderful society, great country, open, democratic, marriage equality, all that kind of stuff. It's all true. I love all that. It's brilliant. But some people, some Wexford people, some Irish people are quite happy to turn a blind eye to this low-level, blatant racism that is going on. And whether people like to believe it or not, whether they like to cover their face with their hands and put their, put their heads in the sand like an ostrich, trust me, it's happening, it's out there, and people need to wake up to it. How is Chris now? He had a seizure on Monday, believe it or not. We had to call the ambulance. Um... We think it might be related to the to the incident he got because he got a few terrible bangs on the head. Um, so he was rushed to Wexford Hospital. Is he still there? Um, he's still there at the moment, yeah. He's expected to be discharged today. But he's in good spirits. He, the doctors say he's looking well. They've done tests. Everything seems normal. They think it might have just been a concussion and some cuts and Is, bruises. Isn't he lucky that he hadn't uh, several broken bones, broken ribs or whatever? I find that Absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. Thankfully. Because he, Thankfully. He, he had previous injuries. Like He, he had broken his collarbone a number of a number of um, years previously. So, okay. And he's not, like, he's... I mean, the poor old devil, he's skin and bone. Like, you know, he's not... He's yeah. not the... He's not the broadest chap in the world. Like I know that. I know the guards are very about. diligently on this case, and 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 they're working. And in in fact, they had an appeal yeah. on the, on this program uh, earlier this week, appealing for for witnesses or for any information. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you we, know? We, we do you know? Is there any CCTV footage? Not that we're aware of, Jim. Unfortunately, there. We, when we when we spoke to the guard, um, guard uh, uh, Mick Carr, who was very courteous, very helpful. 
and very sympathetic to our cause. He his, he said there's there's no CCTV that he's aware of, but that he's going to investigate it as best he can. He I know he's been knocking on doors and he's asking for, he's been asking people locally for information, but to the best of our knowledge, there's no CCTV. So he's not particularly hopeful of, of finding the culprits or getting anywhere with this because it was a very wet night. Well, we'll see, um, we, we'll see what happens, but hopefully it can be brought yeah. to a, a, a proper conclusion, shall we say. Listen, it, it's Indeed. Chris Kudzik, give him our regards, will you, from all of us here? All of us listening I certainly this will, Jim. And if, if I could add something as well, Jim, I think it, it, if there's any positive from this, it's surely that as a council or as a society in Wexford Town, we need to look at this area and Maybe we maybe there should be extra guard patrols. Maybe more street lighting in this area, known as the knock, the knock lane, or maybe block the place off. Because I know that there's people have been coming to me after this, just expressing sympathy with me, and saying you know that this is awful. And a lot of these people have been saying, well, this isn't the first incident that's been going on up there. And I think it just shines a light on the antisocial behaviour that takes place at the knock lane. Okay. And I think we need to do something about that. We'll take that up at a later stage, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, listen, our best regards to Chris. Uh, that was Dane Ty there. Thank you very much, Dane. Thank you, Jim. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.